The truth about George Floyd's death is finally coming out. So should Derek Chauvin be released from prison? Liz Collin joins us next to discuss. Does Biden beef inflation have you feeling down? Well, we've got the solution for you. Are adult websites allowing explicit content of children on their platforms? Journalist Arden Young joins me to discuss. If all my brothers want you to think that they are moderates, but listen, the rebranding thing that they've got going on isn't going to fool any of us. We know they're a bunch of liberal hacks and we got the messages to prove it. U.S. Capitol Police are opening satellite offices outside of Washington, D.C. So why is that happening? Well, I've been asking all the right questions, and some of these people are trying not to answer them. All that and more on The Brianna Morello Show. The Cuomo brothers are looking to do a little rebranding these days. They want you to think that they're moderates. But listen, we all have the receipts. We know they're not moderates. Governor or former Governor Andrew Cuomo, of course, was one of the most liberal governors in the country. He pushed for things like criminal justice reform, which he shoved into the state's budget, which allowed people like pedophiles or anyone else who was accused of a heinous crime like manslaughter to be released without cash bail. That's what that guy did there. But now all of a sudden he's reformed. And if you take a look at these headlines, it looks like just from the outside looking in real quick that you've got yourself a moderate here. But he's anything but. Don't be fooled. Even sometimes he wants to pretend like he's, I guess, non-biased for President Donald Trump. It's all quite strange, but it's this new push to make them think that they are moderates, to deceive the public yet again. During the pandemic, that's all these two brothers did was deceive the public. But now Chris Cuomo has a new show. After getting booted from CNN, he now has landed at News Nation. And he's been on for about a year now. And well, if you haven't seen it, it's probably because most of America hasn't. Most people aren't watching. His ratings are horrendous, and he knows, and he's embarrassed, and he doesn't want to discuss it. He doesn't want you pointing out the obvious. But the reality of it is, it's News Nation has put together a high-quality show for Chris Cuomo. They've promoted it. They've put a bunch of great producers behind him. Even great executives are behind all of these decisions over at News Nation. And for some reason, Chris doesn't want to accept the fact that the American people reject him, and they continue to reject him because of his lies. The lies he told during the pandemic have really just destroyed his entire career. He has zero credibility as a journalist, and it's because he ran garbage when he was over at CNN. And so now he's trying to redeem himself by pretending like he's moderate and down the middle. And he's not. Again, I repeat, he's not. But once again, let's go back to his ratings. If you talk about his ratings, Chris Cuomo will be infuriated. In fact, if you tweet out just the basics regarding his his, his ratings, which are horrendous, I might add again, he will send you a direct message. And he will come after you. I want to show you what Chris Cuomo sent me back in uh, November, I believe, of last year. I got this message from Chris Cuomo randomly after I tweeted out that his ratings were doing so bad that it was almost laughable. But I was kind. I didn't say anything too mean. Just stated the facts, of course. And well, Chris sent me this message. Why do you see me as a target that can help you? That's what he told me. As if Chris Cuomo could help me. Now, listen. I am somebody who enjoys a little political back and forth. I could talk to people I don't politically agree with and have, uh, you know, a, a fun little debate. That's what we used to do in this country. Chris can't handle that, though. Chris becomes very emotional. He starts throwing around names without backing them up, of course, like the left always does. And he has a habit of trying to call me fringe, which is quite confusing considering the fact that I'm not fringe, nor probably the most of the people he considers to be fringe, I would say, are, are not. And it's more interesting because I've invited Chris Cuomo on this show. And I want to show you the other messages that we exchanged over the weekend. 
because I think this is really interesting, right? So Chris Cuomo and I have gone back and forth multiple times, and I usually do it to poke humor. It's usually pretty benign, but Chris can't, he can't tolerate that. He actually becomes enraged when I do. And so over the weekend, we were exchanging messages yet again. And because, like I told you, it's fun to get under their skin, but he doesn't like to debate me. In fact, he said, and it's, it's pretty strange, his, his verbiage here, you play, you play to a side and a fringe, own it. I want you all gone, all party people, which is strange, right? Why do you want us gone, Chris? Why do you want us gone? And so I said, quote, I want you all gone. I mean, it was pretty strange, right? My gosh, Chris, you sound deranged. Who even speaks like that? Not a rational person. There's not a single person on the left I would say I want gone. And I truthfully need that, right? We could sit here and politically disagree with people, but we don't want them gone. I, it's kind of like natural selection. Chris is actually kind of seeing that through. Because you, as a journalist, have no credibility these days. No one's tuning in and no one's watching. You've killed your own credibility. You've killed your own career. And that's why you're ending up on a network that no one's really watching these days. Anyway, so Chris goes on to not being so happy with me, but I invited him on this show and I gave him a list of times that we had available, even this Tuesday. And Chris responded, oddly enough, by saying, stop trying to be clever. The two-party system has to go. Why would I ever do a favor like that for a fringy like you? I just imagine that's how he's saying at this point when he's sitting at home drinking his wine by himself. And so again, Chris, why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? And then Chris goes on to say, your parents really built you up, didn't they? Make sure to thank them <laughs> at Christmas. Probably still paying your bills. No, Chris, I pay my own bills. My parents stopped paying them a while ago, unfortunately. But again, I remind Chris, stop deflecting. Are you coming on the show or not? Chris Cuomo still hasn't responded if he's coming on the show or not. I would love to welcome him on the show, mainly because I truly do believe that we need to have an open discussion. We need to be able to talk to people that we do not agree with politically. We could do so without getting nasty in the name calling. And listen, Chris has given me enough material to go off of his just credibility and the lack of, I guess you should say. So Chris Cuomo, if you ever feel like coming on to have an open discussion, we'll keep you seat warm. Hey, everyone. I'm getting ready to head out right now. But before I go, I always have to put on some deodorant. And I used to look all the time for the best deodorant. I couldn't find it on the shelves at all until... Our good friends over at Give a Derm came out with a brand new deodorant. This one's called Pits Me Off. It's incredible. Watch this, it's super easy. Ta-da, and that's all you need. And it dries super quick. Obviously I'm wearing black. There's no white residue left over. It's a natural deodorant. It's made right here in the USA. There's none of those Chinese harmful chemicals also included in it. It's giveaderm.com. And then use the promo code Brianna for 10% off. You gotta try it. This next story is super important, but it's, again, something that I have to kind of warn our audience about. It could possibly be a little graphic for kids, so you might want to shuffle them out of the room right now. But it's very important because adult websites are often putting videos up. It could be unintentionally, but they're putting up uh, underage porn, uh, obviously kitty porn, as many of you know it, and they're doing very little to push back on it. Now, there's recently been a report done by the great journalists over at Sound Investigations and they've went out, they went undercover and they've caught a lot of these employees openly admitting to these vile, vile acts. Um, and it could be innocence, but there obviously is, are some questions here. 
I want to bring up our first clip where an employee of Pornhub admits to, well, there might be some under, underage content making its way to the website. Let's take a listen. The problem with it is that you can't verify. We can't specify exactly who the model is, the, the user using um, the model themselves in an advertisement cannot verify either. So if you have someone who just signs up, as long as their verification checks out, we know that that's an advertiser, but we don't know who the model is. And that's the biggest problem. You can have a scummy person who literally has underage OnlyFans girls, and he's just pushing out these ads and oh, wow. no one would know any different. It has happened where people post things and then they'll be scrolling Pornhub. And then we've had people come in and be like, yeah, take that ad down. That's me. It's so hard because if you're not a Pornhub user, how would you know? People won't even see their own face if it's up there. You delete it. It's re-uploaded 20 million times faster than you can actually review it, delete it, go through it. They really denied, denied, denied. Any concern that you get is always going to be lip service. They just said, oh, well... You know, things happen. Things happen. I mean, that's quite disturbing. I want to bring in one of the great journalists over at Sound Investigation, Arden Young. Arden, thank you for joining us. You've done an extensive amount of work when it comes to uncovering the things that are going on behind the scenes over at Pornhub and and their parent companies. So I want to talk about that clip right there. Obviously, we know, I mean, I know of many women who have had issues with Pornhub, where it's they're just not even aware that their images are being used for advertisement sake, or even videos are uploaded to that platform. I believe there's even a Netflix documentary, which added a lot of this as well. But uh, based on your reporting and uncovering this, has Pornhub really done anything to fix those issues that she mentioned in that video? Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So as of now, Pornhub hasn't clearly taken any steps to fix the issues brought up in the video. As far as their advertising platform goes, um, there really seems to be very little content moderation. They claim to have some pretty standard processes in place um, as far as like like the technology they run ads through before they get on the platform. However, it doesn't catch everything and their employees admit that it doesn't catch everything. They put too much trust in their advertisers who are of course paying them. So there's that extra incentive to not do all the due diligence needed in order to make sure there's no underage and non-consensual content. Yeah, it's upsetting to hear. I mean, I want to believe that this is all just, it's just such a big platform and it's hard, it's hard to kind of moderate that kind of content. But um, I mean, this has been brought to their attention several times. So there has to be a plan implemented to make sure this thing, these things aren't happening. You, you also spoke with another employee who discussed uh, potentially human traffickers taking advantage of the platform. I want to play that clip for our audience right here. Consensuality. We don't really look into that. Do you think like human traffickers or like rapists are running ads on traffic junkie because... Human trafficking would make sense. With big liability, I'm guessing they're willing to risk it. If you do upload something with, you know, someone that's potentially underage, um, we will just reach out to you and let you know that that's prohibited. Uh, Your account is not likely to become suspended or anything like that. We won't ask you before you upload it, the pictures if you have the consent. We on our end won't call the cops on you if that's what you want to know. Advertising is important, not ethical. It's very blurry when you don't have confirmed people. Revenge porn, they didn't give a fuck. Once money's being made, nobody, the morals get blurred. 
That's incredible. I mean, Arden, so there was the company that we just saw called the customer service. It was called Traffic Junkie. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that and what you learned about the company based on your investigation? Of course. So Traffic Junkie is owned by ALO, which is parent, uh, Pornhub's parent company. So it's all under the same ALO umbrella. Traffic Junkie is the ad platform that supports the ads on sites you see like Pornhub. So if you get an ad for say like a sex toy, which is very common or, you know, meet singles near you, those ads are all supported by Traffic Junkie, the in-house advertising platform. Um, but yeah, that's basically what it is. They, they also run ads for ALO's in-house production studios, sites like Brazzers, Reality Kings. Um, those are some of the well-known ones. And so those ads will also run on Pornhub, getting people to click over to a paid site that is also owned by the same company. So it keeps the business in-house. That's, a, that's, that's disturbing. I mean, it's interesting though how they use different names to kind of maneuver around these things. I think that's that's quite interesting. I'm sure there's some legal uh, means to that. You've had this report out for quite some time regarding just that specifically. Has has this company Pornhub have they done anything to kind of fix that, or or have they even made a statement in regards to that? Um, they have. Well, they've legally threatened us four times to. Uh, threaten us into taking down all of our videos that we've recorded so far. Um, of course, they're saying that we non-consensually recorded and uploaded videos of their employees, which is so ironic that, um, yeah. you know, there's victims who were 14, 15 at the time their abuse videos were uploaded to Pornhub and still through trying and trying and trying, can't get them all down off the platform. And these are racking up views and and Pornhub does profit off of these videos, even, even being a free platform because ads are put on those videos and, and the more clicks and the more views, the more money Pornhub makes. So um, that is the reality of what's happening. Pornhub hasn't done anything really clear to fix it. We're, we're just trying to get reliable age and consent verification for pornography on their site. Um, there's a form called a 2257. All pornography producers must use one to document each actor's age and consent in a pornographic video. I think that's the least people can ask for even on platforms like Pornhub, just to ensure that this video isn't voyeurism. It's not a date rape. It's not revenge porn. Everyone must have this form filled out and consent to it. Yeah, I think that's literally the basics. I don't think you're asking for anything crazy in that. Um, obviously, again, this has been out for quite some time. Has the policies over at Pornhub when it comes to uploading these these you know graphic pieces of content, has anything changed since the release of, of your investigation? It's changed a little bit. So for user uploads, it used to be that a user just has to verify their uh, government ID in order to upload pornographic videos. However, um, since our first release came out, they have now, they're now requiring all participants in a pornographic video to upload some form of ID. Um, I don't know how strictly they're implementing that. I haven't tested it out myself. However, this doesn't fully address the loophole that was discovered um, in one of our undercover videos, where if your face isn't in the pornographic video, so if it's just a body, um, a content moder moderator comparing that to a face and an ID can't properly verify if that is the same person. So 
this could be an underage person. This could be a person who is not consenting this to the situation and someone's just uploading some ID. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that's a, loophole. That's a we big actually problem. have that from Yarden. We, we could play that oh, cool. whole yeah. video. We actually have that. So uh, let's go to clip three and listen in on that. What if like the government was to find out about this loophole, what would they do? I don't know. They're not going to do shit. They'll do nothing. They're dumb. They don't know shit. They're not qualified to identify the They already did their investigation. They're, they were satisfied. They technically checked and said that it's all good. So they can't really go back on that. We didn't change it. So if they knew what you knew now, would they be satisfied? Yeah. I don't know. Allegedly. I don't know. Why? You like work for the government? So it's obviously you don't hire the smartest of employees. I mean, like, obviously his gut instinct was right. You don't work with the government, but you you are going to report on it. Um, I mean... Gosh, it's so gross to think that somebody is okay with openly bragging about loopholes where underage uh, parties could be could have their videos uploaded without their consent. Um, it's all just so disturbing. When you so when you after you finish reporting on a story like that, that gentleman over there, I believe his first name was Mike. Do they reach back yep. out to you guys to kind of? Uh, ease it over and try to save themselves from being embarrassed publicly for those comments because they're pretty egregious. Not, not yet. No, um, we haven't. Re- I'm sure they're they're told not to try to communicate with us in any way after a video yeah. like that comes out. We have gotten letters kind of on their behalf from ALO, the parent company. These kind of threatening mm-hmm. legal letters saying you need to take down all these videos. Um, you know, undercover journalism is evil, those types of things. Uh, and you need to save all your records because we might pursue other types of action if you don't listen to us right now. And of course, we're saving all of our records um, should that type of legal action take place, which we hope it doesn't. But if it does, we're ready. And um, we're also yeah. ready to open them up to discovery. That should be interesting because Mike, yeah, uh, the guy you that. just saw. I don't think they want that at all. The guy you just saw said he he made a point to sit down and record a meeting with the executives at Pornhub about this loophole because he doesn't want it. If it ever comes out, if they ever get in trouble, he doesn't want to go down for it. So he told me he makes a point to record this meeting and they tell him to, quote, F off and shut up. Wow. Wow. <laughs> It's so disturbing and egregious, but it doesn't surprise me that it goes on behind closed doors. I mean, these companies just see money signs, unfortunately, and and they don't really care if it's hurting um, anyone. And uh, gosh, it's just so it's just so egregious. Arden, you're working on solutions, though. You don't want this story just to fall flat. You recently testified at a congressional briefing about what you've had to uh, report on. So tell us briefly, has members of Congress, uh, have they been kind of looking into uh, potentially having solutions for these problems? Because obviously this is something that's going to down the line get worse rather than getting better. Yeah, there is a lot of genuine interest that we've seen. Um, I will update more as soon as I possibly can. I 
I imagine it's really difficult for for anyone in Congress to get involved, though, just because there's so many different pressures, including from the tech industry. And the adult industry tries to kind of group itself into these like tech giant platforms to claim immunity from whatever goes on their platforms. So it is kind of hard to fight that and, and make that judgment call as a per, as a lawmaker. But we do have several who are interested in taking genuine action. And as soon as I can, I will be I'll be updating the public on that. Well, Arden, we're so thankful that you do this work because it's something that we need to be discussing. Um, sadly, the laws just don't match up with our times. And so I'm thankful that you're doing the dirty work and getting through all this stuff because I don't know if I want to be sitting across the table with a lot of these these individuals. I, I would probably get really emotional, but I'm glad you're doing it. And I'm glad you could hold your composure because it's really, really important. Yeah. Um, I want to direct our audience. You guys are obviously independent journalists and you rely strongly on donations. So if you'd like to support great independent journalism, please head over to soundinvestigation.com slash donate. Arden, thank you for joining us. We look forward to updating our audience when you have more details to share. Thank Thank you so much, Brianna. It's so good to talk to you. I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. Well, let's be honest, right? Under Joe Biden, we've had plenty of economic woes and uncertainties. Like many of you, I was getting a little nervous. So I turned to my dad for some advice. He's great at investing his money. He said there's only one thing to do, and that's to invest in gold and silver. I've never done it before. So I called our friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott. And I don't regret it at all because let me tell you guys, he gave me all the details I needed. So if you're like me and you're just trying to get your foot in the door and kind of figure out what's the best way to invest your funds, I highly recommend and right now, you go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash Brianna. That's KirkElliottPhD.com slash Brianna. Or call 720-605-3900. That's 720-605-3900. Last month, uh, Officer Derek Chauvin was stabbed 22 times in prison. Uh, The story was gut-wrenching. We learned so much. His poor family didn't even get notification regarding the stabbing. And then the inmate involved is allegedly somebody who has ties with the Mexican mafia and allegedly was also a FBI informant prior. So all of this was quite interesting when I was going through the reports. And so I reached out to the FBI regarding these alleged um, ties with the FBI and gangs. And I asked the FBI specific questions. You see in this email that we have here, in the email, I specifically spoke to the agency and asked them questions such as, when was the last time they spoke with the suspect? 
Uh, when was the last time he worked with the FBI? And um, several other questions. Unfortunately, FBI, who normally actually does get back to me regarding these types of concerns, uh, didn't. And so uh, I'll follow up and continue to follow up. But it's it's quite devastating to see that Derek Chauvin is, uh, his life is at risk. This inmate almost murdered him and was going to murder him. And right now he has been released and he's sitting back in that same prison. There's not enough outrage behind this story, but there is a new documentary that just recently come out that's exposing the truth as to what happened to Derek Chauvin and what happened during the incident regarding George Floyd. I want to bring in Liz Collin. Liz is the producer and the journalist behind this great documentary. It is called The Fall of Minneapolis. Liz, thank you for being here. We greatly appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me on to, to talk about this. Uh, there, I know there is a, a lot to talk about, certainly. Yeah, there is. And, and your documentary does a great job outlining the truths. It's really hard right now to go out there and to find uh, things like the 2019 body cam footage, which involved Floyd, uh, other pieces of evidence, uh, other angles from, from the incident regarding Chauvin's alleged knee being on, on George Floyd's neck. Uh, you can only really find that one angle and you've got multiple angles in your film you've also got the reality of what the autopsy originally said i know a lot of people tend to think that there was no fentanyl being involved i know most people based on the mainstream media narrative didn't even know that was the case and and your film does a great job exposing that uh liz based on your research for this piece and putting it together what was the most outrageous part in, in all of this um regarding derek chauvin's treatment by both local officials and federal officials yeah, I, I think that it all really starts where the film begins uh, in this. And and you're right, that's the body camera footage uh, that people are really seeing if they're watching this uh, free documentary, which, which I hope they do, but they're seeing it for the very first time. So they should wonder why was this kept from them in the first place? This is the very first time Minneapolis police uh, have not released uh, body camera footage related to a critical incident, uh, you know, such such as this. Instead, we're only allowed to see that uh, viral Facebook video. You have the FBI who is involved in this case within hours uh, of it happening on May 25th, 2020. And you have an 18 minute interaction in total uh, with George Floyd that includes so many very telling things that I do believe to this day, if they told the truth about, we simply would not be here having having this very conversation. Um, so so that's how we wanted to, to start the film. You know, here's, here's the video that, that you didn't see. Again, all four officers have their their body cameras rolling that day. Uh, they're not trying to, to hide anything either with, with what's going on with George Floyd. He's talking about how he can't breathe before Derek Chauvin arrives on scene. Uh, he himself is asking to be laid on the ground after refusing to comply again and again to get in the back of a, of a squad car. Uh, you have Thomas Lane captured on camera calling for an ambulance 36 seconds after George Floyd, uh, again himself, asks to be laid on the ground. So there are, there are many facts in in those um, 18 minutes that, that we really, like I said, so many people are seeing for the first time. Yeah, it's it's upsetting because I, I didn't actually know, uh, my, on my own behalf, even though I've covered the case prior, I didn't, under, I didn't realize that the uh, EMS and fire team that were responding to the call uh, there was a lot of miscommunication issues and you've done a great job going over it. So for our audience, um, can you explain briefly, uh, you do a great job in the film and I recommend everyone going to the fall of Minneapolis.com to kind of view it all because you do a great job detailing it. But uh, what were some of the communications from that day 
uh, regarding FIRE's response to that call that was placed within 36 seconds. Yeah, these are all things that are captured on that body camera footage as well. But, you know, we talk about Thomas Lane calling for an ambulance in 36 seconds, and they're actually downgrading their force uh, on George Floyd. They're talking about this uh, maximal restraint technique known as MRT. Uh, that's a big part of the film as well, because we're told the day after that whatever these guys are doing out there, um, it's not a part of uh, training and policy. They've never heard of it before. Well, we know that that's uh, one of one of many lies. Uh, but but yeah, you have the the ambulance uh, with such a problematic response. In fact, they uh, call again. Um, you have Tu Tau calling again for an ambulance to to get there. And then you have uh, the fire rig, which should have likely been there first because the fire station is just a, just a couple blocks away. Uh, they come in and they don't really even know what they're looking for about 20 minutes, about 20 minutes later. Um, so you have a, a dispatcher who is, is focused kind of uh, as being a snitch. She herself calls uh, herself that, who seems to uh, then sort of uh, be the one to, to provide this miscommunication and lead to, to these uh, delays. And we, and we bring in some medical experts in the, in the actual film itself, you know, sort of talking about even once they got there, uh, what was happening, you know, failing to hook up um, oxygen. Also, just they're driving to just a different location to get away from this crowd. But again, we're told in Derek Chauvin's trial that the crowd had nothing to do with, with anything there and they were just fine. So again, so many factors uh, that played a role that day. Yeah, yeah. Liz, you mentioned the MRT training. This was something that was widely disputed. Um, and you spoke with Derek Chauvin's mother, who during your interview actually brought the training manuals that that Officer Chauvin had. And so he had record that this was involved. Uh, but Chauvin's not the only one making these claims. I'm going to play a quick soundbite from his colleagues who back his claims. We could get to that right now. Were you trained in MRT, the maximal restraint technique? Yes. 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 Yes, I was. Yes, we all were. Yes, all the police officers were trained in the MRT. Your police chief said on the stand that he didn't recognize that technique. Mm-hmm. I, I heard him say that. It's tough to hear people lie, just straight lie. And again, goes right back, to, for me, the good and the bad, like the right and the wrong. And for you to be under oath and just straight lie. The amount of training that we go through, I mean, it's, it's consistent every single year. It's written down. It's on body cam. I mean, was that unfortunate? Absolutely. I know Derek Chauvin. It's it's absolutely horrific what happened, the whole scenario. But did he do anything intentionally to make that happen? No, it was it was all what we were trained on. Liz, it's pretty obvious that this training was being implemented properly. And it sadly was the, the jury was lied to during his court hearing. Um, when you when you talk to people about this, do you think that this is ever going to be used as means for potentially an appeal in the Supreme Court? Because I know recently there was just um, one of his shots at the Supreme Court was just shot down by SCOTUS. But I spoke with an attorney and they said it was very it wasn't very specific. So certain things like MRT could potentially be used. But do you really see that being brought forward again? Because I feel like that's a big part in all of this, because most people watching the video are outraged by it. But um, what, what's your takeaway from all of this? Do you think that 
Derek Chauvin has a chance by impl- well, bringing up the MRT again? Yeah, I think um, there are a few legal maneuvers that I know the the team of attorneys they they are exploring now, and obviously that this stabbing is uh, has added another level, um, sadly sadly to all of this. But but you're you're right, the U.S. Supreme Court striking down uh, the appeal that was based on basically not providing a change of venue. Uh, in this case, and that was really the, the focus. There's certainly a lot of things, you know, it's not so much what the jury was allowed to see, but what they were not. Uh, MRT being one of them, you know, we talk about the 18 minute interaction with George Floyd, the jury's allowed to see about 90 seconds uh, in total. They're, they're not allowed uh, to see much when it comes to George Floyd's criminal history, which uh, dates back decades. Uh, as we know, but but yeah, I I have heard that that you know there there could be something um, with with just that uh, MRT. But you not only have the the police chief uh, on the stand under oath saying this is not a part of training. You have the head of training, um, Katie Blackwell, who was an inspector at the time. She's promoted after all of this. She's the assistant uh, police chief in Minneapolis now, um, who also doubled down and said this was never a part of, of training. But again, I think this really sent the message to the Minneapolis Police Department, the officers who were even left at this time, obviously hundreds have left even since then, um, th- that uh, you know th- th- the fact that these people can get away with this, uh, you know, really sends a pretty a pretty frightening message, I, I think, to anyone who was left uh, on the force. Yeah, yeah. Liz, you have a pretty interesting angle on in all this, too, because you're a member of the community. Uh, you worked in the area, and, and so did your husband as well as a member of the police force as well. Um, do you think that Derek Chauvin even had a chance at getting a, a fair jury, not even in the area, but if they were to take his, court, his case somewhere else in the country, do you think that the jury would have potentially felt the pressure given what was allowed during the 2020 riots to turn in a guilty verdict regardless of what evidence was presented in front of them? Yeah, you're right. Um, and, and this is sort of what has led me on this this path. I was a member of the, you know, I know we kind of share a similar background, mainstream uh, media before all of this, but really was so disgusted um, in, in the fact that, you know, journalists turn into activists and nobody seemed to care about the, the facts. Uh, you're, you're right. My husband was a longtime Minneapolis uh, police lieutenant. He was serving as the union president when this all went down. So obviously I had some sort of insider information, but but really all of this is public information. This is not some uh, conspiracy theory that I've, that I've crafted. You know, I've been a reporter for, for 20 years. I sort of know how this works and where to go at this at this point to, to, to find out. But 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 again, this is all things that the media um, decided to, to turn their back on and not properly inform the public. Instead, sort of pushing this poison and this this propaganda, which we're all still uh, paying the consequences to this day. Uh, you know, from you know, we're all I think less less safe than than ever before. But but I but to that point, I do think that the script was basically written very early on. Uh, so when you have Derek Chauvin's trial. Uh, coming ten months later, um, you know the, the the script in a way was was written for that that trial uh, b- before as well, and there was this uh, culture of fear uh, that permeated not only uh, Minneapolis, almost the entire state of Minnesota, I would say, and clearly that spread spread across the country. The you know the mob ruled the day in in you know Minneapolis, and I think that still continues to this day. Yeah, yeah, it's really upsetting. Um, and we're coming on an election year, which makes me very fearful that this will happen again. Um, Liz, your film does a great job at highlighting the autopsy report. Uh, we know that George Floyd had COVID. Uh, we know that he was on drugs that day, that he had it in his system. Uh, fentanyl also played a role in this as well, and that one of his arteries was 75% clogged. 
or blocked would be the technical term. Uh, we also know that the FBI quickly swept in. Um, do you think when you're speaking to people, do you think that the FBI quickly stepping in and getting involved in this case uh, was the reason why or had any role in the autopsy report being uh, kind of downplayed when it came to all of these elements that potentially led to his death? Yeah, I get into even the autopsy even more uh, in the book that I put put out more than a year ago uh, called They're Lying, The Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd, which sort of led to this documentary that we wanted to to make uh, free and sort of give a voice to these people that have never spoken out before. But but you have the, uh, the autopsy of George Floyd conducted within 12 hours uh, of his death. They obviously had to wait a bit for toxicology results and, and such. But but you're right. Three times the lethal limit of fentanyl in his system. Methamphetamine is in his system. He also has a, a tumor that many have said re- required uh, more testing that you know w- was not done. Uh, but that autopsy is kept from the public for nearly a week. So keep in mind, this is before any buildings are burning in, in Minneapolis and, and nobody obviously had died in any rioting yet, uh, which which would come in in the later, in, you know, the, the later days that would follow. Um, but I think that's the question here. Why why are there these meetings uh, back and forth between prosecutors? The FBI is also involved in, in those meetings, representatives, um, as this narrative changes in, in a way uh, with the, the medical examiner. And then you have this official autopsy by Dr. Andrew Baker in his own writing and such, but it talks about how um, if George Floyd is found anywhere else, this would be called um, an overdose. And also no strangulation marks, no asphyxia, nothing you know, to, to support that his you know, neck is basically crushed uh, on, on the pavement as, as people are or pe- people are watching, but but instead, this uh, autopsy is released the same day George Floyd's family releases uh, their own autopsy, uh, and the media touts that as an independent autopsy that comes uh, just hours after, you know, the the official autopsy. So that it sort of clouded uh, everything with just the timing of, of all of this, and 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 the way they were able to manipulate uh, the the message very early on. Yeah, yeah, it's all disturbing, but you you do a great job at outlining it in your book and your documentary. So I want to remind our audience, the film is free. I highly recommend everyone go watch it. If you even have a family member or friends like I do, I've got several family members who who didn't believe me when I was saying all of these facts originally. Your film does a great job at breaking it down, bringing the evidence to life. And so I'd highly recommend our audience heading over to thefallofminneapolis.com, thefallofminneapolis.com. Liz, thank you so much for the work you've done. It's greatly appreciated because this needs to come out. We need to learn the truth about these these uh, controversial issues, sadly. And, you know, we're all praying for Derek Chauvin and we really hope that he does see justice one day. He does get justice one day. Thank you very much. Again, appreciate your support. Thanks for having me on. After a long day of filming, I've got to somehow take off all this makeup, but make sure that I put the nutrients back into my skin that it desperately needs. So I found this new skincare line. I have to tell you all about it. Givaderm is all natural products. I use it twice a day, I use it in the morning, and I also use it before I go to bed. First up, we have this clay cleanser. This is amazing because it takes up all of your makeup and it smells good too. Vitamin C is so important for brightening your skin. I also used to get super bad acne, and so it's helping, um, I guess, kind of like blending my acne scars a little bit so they're not so bright anymore. Here it is, it's the vitamin C serum. Just little pumps and put it on. And then don't forget your neck. Now moving on to step three, that is their Uplift Serum. You don't have to do that much. 
so many times I have like these high-end products and I'm clogging my pores and you can see it. It's literally always around here and around my nose area. But for some reason, maybe it's just because it's natural and there's not all that garbage chemicals that are into it. It seems to clear it up so well. Step four, it's the bamboo mist. It feels so amazing on your skin. I mean, you could literally name all these products that are in it. Definitely also like a cooling. And then this one, it's called Nourish. It's like this amazing cream, super light. You don't need that much of it. And always make sure you get under the eye area, not in your eyes. Givaderm has done miracles for my skin. I highly recommend it to everyone, men and women, because guess what happens if you don't take care of your skin? It looks like you're aging quicker than what you really are aging. Natural products, all made in the USA. They don't support any of the garbage that comes out of China. It's not gonna be found in your products. I promise you that. You have to get this product. Click down the link below. Givaderm is the product name and the promo code for 10% off right now is Brianna. Prices are down for eggs, milk, toys, and TVs. Ga gas prices are down by $1.90 from the peak after Putin's war began. And wages are rising at high and higher than before the pandemic. I'm starting to feel like she's lying to the American people every day. Well, I mean, it's because she is. That's Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. And as always, she's lying at the podium. And it really never goes checked. The rest of us know, uh, the rest of us who have been shopping at supermarkets for the last couple of years, prices are through the roof. And we know this now because we're starting to get some data back. Things like milk, bread, beef, everything has been very expensive. Beef alone over the last four months has skyrocketed at least 40% due to Biden's inflation. And the White House is continuing to downplay it, obviously, because we're heading into an election year. I want to bring in somebody who knows all about this. He is an expert and somebody who we count on for things like this. Let's welcome in Jason Nelson. He is a veteran and the founder of flyovermeets.com. Jason, thank you for being here. Thank you, Brandon, for having me. It seems crazy to me that the White House continues to downplay all of this. Uh, they're very dismissive when it comes to inflation, are the American people crazy? Is the cost of beef and other products skyrocketing right now? Or is the White House right? Is everything kind of settling down to, to normal cost? Well, Press Secretary Baghdad Bob there uh, seems to be cherry picking not only uh, which products that she seems to be talking about, but if you notice her timeline is is just, it's all over the map, right? She says, so since Putin's war began and since COVID and since this time period. The fact of the matter is this. Uh, prices are up across the board since Biden, the regime, took office. So that we have that issue. Uh, prices are up year over year and they are up on the consumables, the things that Americans live on. So we, I saw a very interesting thing on X, um, formerly Twitter, and it's been sort of making the rounds. I, I don't know if people remember Home Alone. Do you remember that scene in Home Alone where little uh, Kevin McAllister goes to the grocery store and, and buys everything, tells the lady to keep the change? Do you remember that scene? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. So Brando, all right. So they go in and somebody did the calculations and they said, so what he spent in that year, 1991, was about uh, $19.50 or something of that nature. Then the kid turns around. They said, hey, we ran the numbers and it seems that last Christmas, that same item would have cost you roughly about $43, something along that lines. This year it would have been $76.50. So 
the same item year over year went up an additional 75%. And that's just from last year. So how can that be that inflation isn't a thing? It seems to me you start hearing the word Bidenomics and you're going back to the whole Putin's war thing because they all know Bidenomics. People can look in their bank account. They look at their shopping bill when they go out and they're starting to look at their dwindling supplies. And I think that they understand it's because they've been making sacrifices due to inflation and the inflation can't be any more prevalent than it is when we look in our own bank account accounts. Yeah, I mean, I think most people get it. Most people understand that. For some reason, the White House doesn't, though. Uh, We saw earlier this week the Fed coming out and saying that there's a chance that they might, you know, flirt a little bit with interest rates and and start dropping some of those uh, a couple of points. Do you see the price of beef going down anytime soon? Or do you think it's going to hold steady right now with these prices that we're seeing? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that, and without getting into the weeds about economics here, that we have a three and a half percent money supply loss from last year. So they can go ahead and lower interest rates all day month without a further plant putting more money out there, which devalues the dollar right now. The fact of the matter is, is there's less money to go around. Now, I know for a fact that we've lost five cattle processors. I know two cattle producers. And I just found an all-natural pig farmer, which is one of the very few uh, things that I might even consider consuming when it comes to uh, pork products, has just gone under. I just got that notification because they were asking us if we would take their stock. And of course, we don't process pork due to the mRNA vaccines that were introduced into pork five years ago. But this is just a regional example, but we're talking about a major agrarian area where people have sort of weathered these changes for, uh, I mean, over a hundred years. And they're seeing things where you're seeing legacy farms and legacy processors go under. So this is this is having an effect across the board. And of course, those have effects downtrained through the food supply system. So as you mentioned, uh, you go to the store and you see prime rib is just through the roof now. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what state you're in, but especially if you're on the coasts, you're going to start to see these reverberations much earlier than we will here in, let's say, central Texas. But even here in central Texas, we're seeing all the prices continue to rise. And, and it's not reflected maybe immediately, but the money supply is having a huge effect on this. Yeah, yeah. We're all starting to feel it. I, I posted on Twitter my prime rib that I had, I believe it was around Thanksgiving, and uh, everyone was joking about what did it actually cost me to get that piece of prime rib. It's unfortunate, but listen, I mean, we like solutions. We're a big fan of those. I know you've got a solution for our audience to help kind of alleviate a lot of this and to come up with a plan because we never know when there's going to be food supply issues. So I want you to kind of just discuss with us what kind of plans you currently have in place for your family and uh, what kind of solutions our audience can look forward to potentially partaking in. Well, Brianna, the important thing for me as I looked at uh, preparing my family was the same thing that we did when we developed this business. You know, I spent 20 years in the military and Army Special Operations uh, working to create co- uh, simple solutions for complex problems. And one of the many problems we saw in being able to prepare our family was uh, the variety of things that were available, the the quality of products that were available. You know, we didn't want to just survive. We wanted to thrive, if you will. We do have a garden, but you have to supplement that with proteins. And quite frankly, the amount of of animal proteins that were out on the market that weren't I don't know, taco flavored beef porridge or beef crumbles or something of that nature. You know, that's not what we want to live on. That's not what we want to help our family with. And 
not even when we talk about living on in long term, we just mean even in the event of an emergency, when your freezers don't last, uh, where do we want to be able to reach and get uh, food that we know we can count on? So that's why uh, the impetus for creating our family at Flyover Meat, you know, one of the things that we're most proud of is the supply chain. We've completely uh, created a silo in which we've set apart cattle. Those pictures are, are our cattle. Those are the actual cows we have. We uh, bought them uh, years ago. We've had them set aside. No injections, no uh, um, supplements, nothing, no growth hormones, nothing anybody doesn't want, <clears throat> first of all. Then we turned around and we made sure that we were able to slaughter them humanely and make sure that they were processed in a way, you know, nobody wants beef crumbles, nobody wants fat, nobody wants to eat a bunch of bristles. So we went through the painstaking effort of making sure that all of our beef is hand carved and it's it's the best parts of the cow, the sirloin, the picanha, the brisket. And that's just our original steak, not to mention we set aside the filet mignon, the New York strip and the ribeye for those uh, uh, more uh, selective People who might say, I want to enjoy a special night during the apocalypse, uh, they could go ahead and <laughs> grab this. But what we're most proud of, again, is just that uh, the supply chain, what we've been able to do is provide a product that that is purely one ingredient. It's beef. It's been sous vide. It's prepared to come out. All you have to do is rehydrate it. Once you've rehydrated the beef, you can put it into any recipe, season it in any way you want. And it's a product I proudly serve my family. And it's a product that we've created for the American public so that they can be able to count on having healthy animal proteins when they need it the most, when they're going to need their strength the most. And that way they're not dependent on that food from the government that comes with many, many strings attached. And don't forget that we do have a special promo code set up, Brianna. Just go ahead and enter mm -hmm. code Brianna. You get, um, I, and I forget, I'm sorry, I believe it's 10% off and you go ahead and get free shipping. So uh, we are providing that right now. So there's no hidden costs. The shipping, the uh, taxes are all inclusive. Uh, it's an excellent value cost. Per serving for a quarter pound of uh, of our beef, you're going to pay less than you will for a quarter pounder of cheese at McDonald's. And I'm pretty positive they don't actually use cows at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think they do either. I want to talk about shelf life a little bit because that's always important as well. What's the shelf life of these products like? So we guarantee 10 plus years, but our expiration date on it is 25 years. That's because if it's held in the proper uh, shelf stable environment, so, you know, a nice 70 degrees cool, dark area, uh, and it's it's not, you know, put it in any extreme temperatures, then we could sit here and say comfortably that it should last the 25 years, the length of the Mylar bags. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And I think that's a healthier yeah. option than a lot of the other uh, things that are on the market right now, I'd say. I'm a big fan of that. So once again, for our audience, this is something you guys have to just, just go on the website, take a look, see what he has. This is an offer that you're giving our audience that's really quite impressive. So again, it's flyovermeat.com. And if you use the promo code Brianna, you get that great discount as well as free shipping. You really can't go wrong with that, especially because the holiday season's around now. This would be a great gift for others as well. So I'd highly recommend it. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I, I'm so happy to have you coming up with these plans for our audience and how to kind of avoid what feels like the inevitable right now. 
Yeah, well, Brianna, I tell you what, we'll even make it easier for everybody because, you know, we started this company. It wasn't the intent. I, I don't ever intend on owning a Ferrari one day. It's to help as many people as possible. But just to give everybody some perspective on what's going on right now, if you do get a chance, uh, and I do recommend so much that you go to flyovermeat.com, but take a look at one note that we have in there. We have two prices in there. We have the price you're going to pay. Um, obviously, you're going to pay less than that because of the discount code Brianna. But when you go to flyover meat, what you're going to notice is that there's a second crossed off price. What is that price? That's the price we keep adjusting to let you know that if we were paying the current prices for beef right now, meaning if we hadn't planned ahead, then that's the actual price you would be paying. So unfortunately, in the coming years, we are going to have to raise our prices to uh, to to meet with inflation. But because we've prepared ahead, you can see right there, those are the actual savings you are making right now by doing this. And it's and it's because we were able to plan ahead. So we're planning ahead for you so that you could plan ahead for your family. That's impressive. I really like that. Uh, once again, to our audience, you got to go head over to flyovermeat.com. Again, use promo code Brianna to get that great discount and to get free shipping. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you so much for having me. The only channel dedicated exclusively to world entertainment. I'm your host, Brianna Morello. My journey into conservative media is quite unique. I was raised in Huntington, New York with my six siblings. My mom stayed at home and raised us all while my father worked. After graduating school, I landed in the sports world. I was a freelance reporter and a producer for several outlets. I worked for companies like Major League Baseball, NHL, ESPN Plus, and many others. But it wasn't until a couple of years in the sports world I realized it just wasn't for me. So I made the jump into the news industry. My first gig was at Fox News and Fox Business. I was a teleprompter operator. And although they say it's an entry-level position, it was extremely high-pressure environment. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? After spending a year over at Fox, I decided New York wasn't for me. So I picked up all my belongings and drove all the way down to South Florida. I moved to West Palm Beach before anyone else did. And then during my time in West Palm Beach, I landed at a local news station down here. I was so tired of having to just copy and paste over scripts from platforms like the Associated Press and other platforms where you just don't put thought process into it and there's somebody else who's generating a script for your anchor. So then I ended up landing at Newsmax. I think Bloomberg has a really tough situation he's going through right now. After spending quite some time over at Newsmax, I did head back to Fox. I started working for Maria Bartiroma as a booking producer for her Fox Business weekend show, as well as Wall Street Journal at large. After finding out that Fox wanted me to comply with the local New York City vaccine mandate, I resigned. But I am extremely grateful because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have landed my first gig in independent journalism with Emerald Robinson. We launched The Absolute Truth on Lindell TV and it's been absolutely incredible. It's our very own senior producer here at The Absolute Truth for her show debut. Brianna Morello. I am now a firm believer in independent journalism and strongly believe that will save our country. So I'm honored to be on this independent platform and bring you the stories you won't see anywhere else. Join me in my journey on The Brianna Morello Show here on Rumble. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, Make sure you share this content with them.